that a boy PD. We've got a big conversation around why the bigs got it done for the Syracuse North Carolina matchup, as well as some close calls, but ultimate dubs for NC State. And then what in the world is going on in Tallahassee? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by my co-host, Kenton Gibbs, for basketball season. We thank you for joining us each and every day. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere, and you can listen to our YouTube channel as well as see our faces by subscribing that button. We are on the road to 1,000, and we cannot get there without you, so please subscribe. We know that we are getting that extra push. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Kenton, who is clicking away mightily and loudly. How's it going, my friend? Everything is everything. I really and truly cannot complain. Uh, it's it's a, it's a great day to talk some ACC hoops with you. It's a great day. Always a great day to talk about some basketball. It's a great day to be a Tar Heel. If you weren't watching the game last night in Syracuse, the Syracuse Orange had a couple in-game mistakes that unfortunately caused them the L, but it was party Pete. Pete came and said, listen, I got this. My veteran leadership is on display. Please allow me to hustle for the team. And that's exactly what he did during the last few seconds of the game. And he was able to help North Carolina pull away and get the dub on an in-a-way performance that honestly isn't always the case here for these Tar Heels. But it was nice to see with Pete's 21 points as well as, what is it? 18 from Armando and 15 from Caleb, who finally figured out how to shoot again. It was a good night for the Heels. You know, this was a game that was super back and forth all the way. This was never a a game that one team had put away at any point in time. And so to see Carolina come out on top here, they made the veteran plays down the stretch and Syracuse's inexperience showed a little bit at times. So, you know, this is, this is kind of how you expect these games to go with with a team that, you know, at the end of the day, Syracuse is building towards something. They're a young team that's getting older, getting better, all that good stuff. But a North Carolina team that had too much experience and just knew what to do down the stretch, as opposed to uh, Syracuse, who, again, struggled a little bit and just kind of couldn't find their way and had some just some brutal moments um, as far as the Judah Mintz turnover late, as far as, you know, some of the the questionable shot attempts late. It was just a moment where an experienced team does experience things and comes away with the win. Absolutely. We saw some great big man play, I would say, last night between Armando Baycott and Jesse Edwards. I thought that was a good highlight. Judah Mintz certainly did his thing, but he gave a mean elbow to RJ Davis, who honestly took one for the team and got a nice charge. We all know charges blocks go both ways sometimes, ultimately went in favor for the heels. But I really was just fascinated by the dare you to shoot approach for Caleb Love, which I don't blame you because his percentages have not been there, especially from deep. But 
leaving him wide open, that's a dangerous game. And you know someone like Caleb who likes to play with a little bit of chip? That was all he needed to be three for five from the three-point line. He is the type of shooter that if you give him the latitude to blow it, he will. But not – you can't just – he's not self-check bad at shooting. He's bad shot selection at shooting. So you keep somebody lightly there. You don't need a, a guy to be pressing up on him, denying him the ball and all that. But keep somebody in the area. Don't help off him all that often, and you'll be fine. He'll chuck up 20 and make five. But when you say to yourself – Ah, uh, we don't really got to worry about him. You're going to run into a problem. 100% agree. And listen, at the end of the day, again, the 72-66 victory for the Heels was a lot closer than the final score shows, but it was a good grow-up game for Syracuse, I think, in a lot of ways. And we know Bayheim's going to be around for at least 45 more years. So, you know, eventually they'll get it right and they'll get back on track. Running through the rest of the Tuesday list, there are a lot of good games to go over. And if we start down there in Tallahassee, question I asked, what is going on in Tallahassee? I don't know, but my, oh, my. You want to talk about, I was in the gym last night, saw a nice score, and I looked up and said, 57 to 26, fight back. I do want to point out one more thing from that Syracuse game. Syracuse shot three free throws all game. Again, the officiating. Now, if you see me move on, now, if you see me move on to the next segment, if you see me move on to the next segment, why are you still holding on? Why are you still holding on? I'm just saying that is, again, ACC officiating. Get it together, please, because that's embarrassing. Now, Florida State. No, 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 no. I need you to move on when I move on. That's all I ask. I'm moving I'm moving on with you. I just needed to you get You didn't move out. on with me. You didn't I have did. to get that out. You didn't. I did. You I did didn't need that, that point. I did. When you look if you at- say it's a back and forth game, you can't then be like, oh, well, only North Carolina got so many free throws and that was made the difference maker. That wasn't the difference maker because Syracuse screwed up. Like, you can't do nothing about screw ups. Absolutely. Absolutely. I said that Syracuse got outplayed down the stretch and made mistakes late. I said that. You the, sound you sound like a bitter NC State person right now. Let, let me be, let me keep it above. You sound like I, a bitter NC State person. And you sound like a person that over the last two games having a free throw advantage of 62 to, I want to say, what, 15 is like, oh, yeah, that's just run of the mill. I, I didn't don't, say that. I, did, I That didn't come out of my mouth, but I also didn't be like, oh, okay, maybe once again we didn't get the free throw. Call. Okay, all right. All again, right. I'm not I'm not crying about anything. I'm just saying another a, a team shooting three free throws in a conference game is objectively They absurd. only shot free throws, three free throws all night. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They only shot three free throws all night. It that was is not true. Okay, you tell me. You so you go look up the stats from the game because I watched the game and said, "Wait a minute, this seems a little odd." You tell me what you see. So when you're you saying North Carolina got all the calls last night. Uh, what I'm saying is that there was there were some very questionable and Black bad and white. calls. Black and white. North Carolina got all the calls last night. Again, that so that is, shouldn't have been a charge on RJ. That shouldn't have been a charge. Again, again, on yeah, it should have been a charge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, that was a difference maker. That was a difference maker in the game. You who cares about the free throws when that was a difference maker of the game? You can't you it, can't you can't have a man catch an elbow and think like everything's gonna be sweet. I'm just what what are we doing here? What are we doing? Again, why, why are we still on free throws? Okay. Again, because because again, in a two-game stretch, a 62 to 15 free throw advantage in two games that you won by a total of what 15 points is kind of absurd. It's kind of absurd. But now moving on to the Florida State and Miami game. 
I said that this season and this game will be about what Miami plays like in the first half because we know what they'll do in the second half. And this Miami team came out and whooped the wheels off Florida State. They were leading. The score doesn't even indicate how bad this game was, and it was a 23-point victory because they were leading at 26 at halftime and kind of took their foot off the gas, kind of let up and was like, yeah, y'all will figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out the rest of the way. And um, they did, of course, because they came away with a 23-point win. But still, that first half was brutal. I mean, that was just, oh, anytime a team is doubling your score in a half, oh, that's that's nasty work. Very, very nasty work. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us about the rest of the game. Give us a full recap. I mean, I'm, I, I'm just saying that the Miami came out the way that they were supposed to the second half. They got in some reserves and all that. The starters still played a good amount of the second half. But for the most part, I mean, it was, again, Early game, they came out, they dominated, and after in the second half, they didn't need to do much to win it, but they still uh, maintained the lead in the second half as well. How many free throws did they get? Oh my God, are we doing this? We are. Are, doing we, this. are we doing this? Absolutely, because you're going to be an equal opportunities of talking junk about free throws, and we're not just doing it about North Carolina. Lord Jesus. Well, I'm sorry if Miami had a bunch of games back to back to back that you look at and you say, oh my God. We can't hear you. Conversation. I don't know why I was just muted there. But anywho, I said, if you look at Miami scores and you're looking back at multiple games straight of saying, huh, there seems to be a wild discrepancy in free throws here. I could understand your argument. I could absolutely hear oh, we're doing, the whole show is going to be about free throws. I just so get all get all of your stats ready because the rest of the show, since that is so like, pain point for you, is going to be about free throws. Now so, today's episode so, is brought. I'm I'm moving on. I'm moving okay. on. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm moving on. Now today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Now listen, the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they. They're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel is one of the best, and they're getting even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, even com- com- mm, there it is. Please, plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We're rock and rolling with Kenton Gibbs, and we're talking through Tuesday night matchups, and we're talking about free throws today because that is a pain point for the group. Talking Florida about State Notre shot Dame, nineteen free throws, and Miami shot thirteen. I'm sorry, right. uh, Miami shot nineteen, and Florida State shot thirteen. So six free throw discrepancy there. Six, six free throw discrepancy, and that is why six. the Hurricanes won. Exactly six. it, and a twenty three point win. Six. Great. Are you ready for me to move on? We can move on. I'm just, okay, you said it wanted to be all about free throws. So I got I was, all the I was actually the- going to the next game so we could talk Let's about those free throws. Let's do it. Let's perfect. Do it. Perfect. Notre Dame and NC State talking about a very close matchup. 
The return of Draquavion Smith was excellent. Glad to see him in good health. Got a roaring, you know, ovation as he came out during the starting lineup. And it was good to see NC State move past the week before's game and be able to come through and beat Notre Dame in a close one, but do what they needed to do, which is in a long time we haven't necessarily seen NC State win the conference games that they, you know, could be a toss-up. But it was ultimately the pack that became the better team on that night. The the charge for the Wolfpack was to not let one loss turn into two. Don't let Carolina beat you twice. And here's a very interesting fact about this NC State team. They are 5-0, and excuse me, after losses this season, meaning that this team is a more mature team. This team is a team that has a better ability to bounce back. This team is a team that is not one that's going to feel sorry for itself and let their losses turn into streaks, which is important. And the free, free throw discrepancy in this game was plus six for NC State. So just letting you know there, giving you the free throw numbers there. But yeah, this is a, a game that, I mean, Notre Dame came out and they the fighting Irish fought. I mean, they came out, took a lead going into halftime. But in that second half, it, it started off with NC State closing that gap immediately. And from there, it just was back and forth till again. The late, it just was a team that seemed like they have figured it out and know how to win at the end a little bit. Um, beating a team that doesn't, and Terquavion Smith probably shouldn't have played in this game. Why do you think Terquavion Smith should not have played in this game? Well, there were conflicting reports all over the place from my sources inside the program. There were some things going on from other folks and other outlets in the triangle. They were saying whether he was or wasn't going to play, and there was questions there, and there was questions about whether or not he was grimacing through some pain and shooting today. And his shots today, I mean, his shots yesterday showed it. Two of 14 from the field, two of nine from deep, it's, I mean, you you kind of, at the end of the day, yes, that was partially his shot selection, which was questionable to say the least. But also, I know Coach Keats is coaching for his coaching life, but sometimes you've got to look at a young man and say, hey, I care about you too much to let you turn a potential stinger or potential um, a potential, you know, contusion into something much more serious. 100% agree, but it was uh, Joyner who had 26, eight points on the night. And I think it's important to note that while NC State has been known for having one person kind of do all the things, it's been nice to see Joyner step up in big ways, as well as Casey Morsell. And then you also have DJ Burns. So a lot of double figures for these players and just, you know, ball movement, which we're not used to from NC State in quite some time in terms of just being able to deliver. Once again, I think that it's a nice and fresh change. Great for triangle basketball and all of the good things. 85-82 victory ultimately for the pack. Final game of Tuesday, 72 to 6 excuse me, 51 victory for Clemson. A nice game to remind everyone just how good they are. They're still in the top 25, and they had to win the game handedly, and doing that against Georgia Tech was a breeze. Absolutely. They dominated Georgia Tech, and this was a game in which, again, from jump, there was no, oh, is Georgia Tech going to be in this game, or what's going to happen here, or how's this going to work out? From jump, Florida State said, I'm sorry, from jump, Clemson said, hey, um, you guys are are the inferior team, and we're going to show you exactly why you are the inferior team here. I mean, it was it was stifling on both ends of the court in terms of what how Clemson was getting every look that they wanted and how they were stopping Georgia Tech from getting theirs. Yeah, 100%. Now as we move on to Wednesday matchups, we've got a 
two good games, of course, to review. Wake Forest will take on Pitt. This will be on ACC Network at 7 p.m. Pitt right now, the favorite by minus three. But if you think about it, you know, this Pitt team definitely has some veterans. They lost Hugley, but they're still figuring things out. And Wake Forest, again, why are they the underdogs? Questions that need to be answered. I mean, Vegas knows something that we don't sometimes, and this might just be one of those situations, but I, I too, am a little confused there. Pitt has played above their heads all season, and, and they've played very good basketball so far. And, and so, I mean, I'm not saying that Wake is world beaters, that there's no way that they could possibly lose this game, but it is a little bit confusing to see um, Pitt favored in this game. I think this is a must win for Wake Forest in terms of just how you build your resume and you talk about wanting to be, you know, a cut above and be in the conversations for tournament play. This is one that you got to win because when you're, it feels like even with Vegas, you're on the cusp of being a good or bad team. I think this is a definitive must win for Wake Forest. I mean, when, when I look at this game and I say, okay, Wake Forest is, where, where is Wake Forest? Who are they really? I think that that same question can be asked to Pitt to an extent. And with Pitt being at home, I believe that they say home court advantage is like a three to four point swing. So with Pitt being favored by three, I, I, that really feels like, you know, Vegas is kind of saying this game would be a push if it was at a neutral site. But just because they're at home, we're going to give them the three here. Uh, but with that being said, I think this game is crucial for both teams. I think both yeah. teams are being seen in that light of like, hey, both of y'all could be on the bubble. Both of y'all could be in at the end. Both of y'all could be out at the end. So who gets the job done here tonight will we'll go a little bit of a ways in, in determining that. Absolutely. Final game to talk about the bottom, battle of the bottom, it seems, Louisville and Boston College. And we look and just just give it a your good old college try for Louisville. That's all we're asking for, not for much. And if you're Boston College, you need to set yourself apart and say, we're not even close. Don't even put us in the same you know breath as Louisville. We want to make sure we have a dominant win. I don't know. I wish I could give you something positive about the Louisville uh, Cardinals right now on the from men's basketball side, but even you know, it's looking bleak. It's looking real bleak. Fun fact about Louisville: it's been four games since they had a game that they lost by single digits. Um, we're just hoping that both teams have fun, and you know, Boston College. If you want to be taken seriously as a basketball program, again, this Louisville team rated as one of the worst in in the Power Five in the last. Uh, or since Kim Palm rankings have existed, uh, power six, rather, you need to get it done. You need to make sure that this one is convincing. Your 10 and a half point favorites, again, this team, the last three games, they've they've been getting, not losing, they've been getting blown out. You're looking at uh, an 11-point loss to Syracuse, a eight-point loss to Wake Forest, 13-point loss to Clemson, um, a 21-point loss to Carolina and a 21-point loss to Pitt. So, long story short, again, in all these last games, I mean, even if you go back before that, you got a 23-point loss to Kentucky and a 12-point loss to NC State. So, long story short, you need to get the job done and convincingly here. Are we on Kenny Bain Pack Watch? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Will he be fired in one season? You know, here's the thing. I normally am, am a person who's like, oh, you're you can't ever do anything based off year one. This is different. <laughs> this is this is different. Like you can't again, you're playing ACC basketball, not just any ACC basketball, ACC basketball at Louisville, a place that's seen um, final fours and national championship runs and all that. 
in our lifetime, like very recently, we've seen this team be very relevant. And you're out here getting doubled up in terms of score and, and you know, getting whooped on by 20 and 30 in, in conference games. You can't have that. You, but you now can't. in his defense, there are other teams in the ACC that have barely won two. Virginia Tech only has two wins. Notre Dame only has one win. Georgia Tech only has one ACC win. So, you know, I'm not saying you got to look at the whole platter, but I'm saying he ain't the worst. He right there with the worst of them. You're, but you're talking about conference wins. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. even those teams that only have one or two conference wins, they went outside the conference and played the, the team from the island of Missing Toys University and got themselves a 20-point win. The only two wins of the season came against Western Kentucky and FAMU. And both of those games were much closer than a lot of their losses. And their losses this season include losses to Bellarmine. Do you know where Bellarmine is? I don't. Please okay. enlighten the group. All right. I, I don't know either. I, I couldn't tell you. I Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Google this right now. Where yes. is Bellarmine University? Yeah. It is, it's a private university in Louisville. Oh wow! So you know, so you 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 got whooped on by your uh, down the street neighbors, AAU neighbors, a team in the ASUN conference. Like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It it includes a a seventy to thirty eight loss to Texas Tech, an eighty to fifty four loss to Arkansas, like a seventy five to sixty seven loss to Lipscomb, and one of those games where I said, "Hey, this should be you know they should finally be picking it out." (laughs) And moving in the right direction, you know, they that can was do not something. The case. Yeah. No, you can't be winless against the A Sun as an ACC team. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you. And so losing to both Bellarmine and Lipscomb. It's Bellarmine. We, we got Slam Tana over here telling us it's Bellarmine and Jay Wright's coming in. I'm sorry. Absolutely. You cannot lose to Bellarmine and, and Lipscomb and hope to keep your job. I'm sorry. You can't okay. do that. Well, so Jay Wright might be might be a name to watch, but I definitely feel like we got to give him a little grit only because of the conference, only because of the conference, not because of okay, one and done. We didn't know it applied to the coaching, but it might be a one or done. And the rest of the standings, as it shows, we have three top twenty-five programs: Clemson, UVA, Miami are are arguably two, three best teams here in the ACC. And as it falls, UNC, Wake, Pitt, NC State. And Syracuse and Duke following right along, trying to figure out their way as well as FSU. There's a lot of five-win programs, six- to seven-win programs, but who will ultimately come out on top? Clemson is leading right now with nine and one, and I just, you know, I think there's still a lot of basketball to be played, but it's getting the race to the regular season champs is getting slender and slender, and I think the Tigers might come out. I I honestly think it's going to be UVA, but crazier things have happened. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the conference tournament is always a toss-up. You never know. If you don't have a team that's head and shoulders above everybody else, you kind of never know. And for whatever reason, I have a hard time seeing this Clemson team as head and shoulders above everybody else. Right now, I think they're better. I think they've been more consistent. I don't think that they've been head and shoulders better to where I'm like, I have 100% confidence. This is a Larry Bird in the three-point shooting competition where he walks in the locker room and says, all right, who's finishing second? I don't think Clemson is that much ahead of everybody else. I think they have a good shot at it. If I had to to bet my house on it, if I had to bet my life savings on it, I don't know if I'd put them there, but, you know. If you had to bet your house, who were you picking to win the ACC? Oh, As man. of January 25th. 
The ACC tournament or the regular season? Regular season. If we're Tournaments talking, are toss-ups. That's that's what I'm saying. But if we're talking regular season, I mean, uh, that's tough. That's really tough. I guess, I guess I I might. I might be inclined to go with UVA as well. I, I think that their schedule down the stretch is, is pretty favorable. I mean, if you look at the games that they have left, how many of those will they be? Um, how many of those will they be the underdog in, or how many will have a point spread that's within five, right? You got Boston College, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, all three teams back to back to back that have not exactly been successful this season. Right. And then even when you got that little reprieve of NC State and Duke in there, I mean, NC State, as good as they've been at times, they haven't found a way to beat teams that are much better than them. And and I think UVA falls in that category. Duke, I mean, if you're not playing Duke and Cameron, that Duke team that shows up on the road, mm, ain't nothing to write home about. Then you've got Louisville, Notre Dame, Boston College back-to-back before playing – um, North Carolina and Clemson again, and then you end the season with Louisville. Yeah. That is much more than not a bunch of games that you're going to be heavily, heavily, heavily favored in. So, yeah, yeah, you know, agreed. A lot to be said about the remaining season, and so we'll definitely keep our eyes out on who will ultimately be on top. But there's a lot of sports going on around the ACC. We've got things going on the recruiting world for football. We've got new coaching hires, new coaching leaving, transfer reporter, all that fun stuff. So we'll have that throughout the week as well as some women's matchups to preview tomorrow. But make sure you guys come back each and every day. You download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen. Hope you guys have a great and safe, safe rest of your day. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, until next time.